You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, and wherever you are in the world, welcome. My name's Phil McAuliffe. I have a website, thelonelydiplomat.com, which contains details of my blog, this podcast, and my book, The Lonely Diplomat, Reconnecting with Yourself and the World Around You, which uh, is available through Amazon as an ebook or in um, a paperback. And on that website, you'll find all of that, uh, the blog, podcast, details of my book uh, and my speaking services, which are all designed to help serve, support, challenge and inspire diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life as they work to uh, reconnect with themselves and the world around them. And on that side as well, you can find details of my mentoring services. So if my words, my work, uh, either here on the podcast or in the blog or the book, really resonate with you and my experience and my wisdom, um, or you could benefit from my, my wisdom and my, my experience living my diplomatic life for over 20 years, and have me directly in your corner, then please reach out uh, to me and there's links in the episode description or all the details are at thelonelydiplomat.com. But suffice to say that I have lived a diplomatic life. I have lived life uh, during my diplomatic life and I've been a twice posted officer, twice uh, an accompanying significant other, I've lived in four different countries uh, and with children, without children, and uh, have uh, gone through the um, end of a relationship while on a diplomatic life. I made a point just before, and I'll say it again, that I've lived life and lived my diplomatic life. So if you feel that I could, you could benefit from uh, having me in your corner, please do reach out and let's make it happen. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 44 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. And like many or all of my, um, my, my episodes on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, it's in response to um, a message that I got from one of you, my awesome global audience, and who, who shared with me some of the frustrations that they felt uh, uh, living their diplomatic life. And we kind of were, were chatting a little bit over Instagram and uh, where you can find me at, at the underscore lonely underscore diplomat. Uh, and when we were chatting, uh, uh, one one phrase came like came at me like a freight train and it really stuck with me and I thought, huh, this is definitely something that resonates with me and I'm going to say that it resonates with many of you. And that is that... The person found it, finds it, still, I'm sure finds it, but found it, at least during that message, very difficult to switch off, very difficult to relax. And if you're joining me here on YouTube, you can see me putting my hand up. But if you're listening 
on uh, uh, through the podcast, you just have to imagine that I've got my hand up because it's up. It was up. It's now down, but it was up. I struggle to relax. There's just so much to do, so much going on um, that uh, any kind of time to relax uh, is time that I, I begin to feel very bad and badly within myself that I should be doing something else. I, I, I need to be more productive. Um, and this is something that I've been working on for, for quite a few years. So I wanted to have a bit of a chat about that, both from sort of a perspective that could help you uh, if this statement reson uh, resonates with you, but also where, um, and, and sharing my story. So one of the things that I wanted to say is right from the outset that for those of us who have been uh, a posted diplomat on a posting at the moment or um, back home uh, between postings, or indeed uh, living the diplomatic life as a significant other, I'm going to say that in many aspects of life, you, are, uh, you have achieved a lot uh, uh, through your life. And going all the way back to school, going all the way back to university. And it might not be all the way back. Um, you know, let's not have any judgments on our ages here. Um, but it might have been a little while ago. It might have been a few years ago. Um, and all the way through, you had, uh, you were driven. You were driven to achieve. And you may or may not have known that you wanted to be uh, a diplomat, you may may not have known that you wanted to or were going to join your foreign service uh, or otherwise uh, represent your country as a diplomat overseas or internationally. And you 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 probably in in all the way through your schooling did very well uh, and you know studied hard, got good marks. Um, got into the university, got into the course at the university that you wanted to do, um, and then did well at university and then uh, got a job and then possibly, uh, and somehow through all of that, you achieved a position in your employing agency. And then when you're in the employing agency, that... Um, uh, that relentless, relentlessness and the need to achieve didn't stop and likely it actually intensified because you are surrounded by people who were also high achievers um, through their school life and, and trying to do um, to get ahead in their work life. So... The default state, dare I say, within us is to constantly prove ourselves. And, and any kind of time where we're not proving ourselves, we, we can feel bad. We feel like we could be doing more. We should be doing more. And what more is, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, because at some point, more is enough. At some point, that's enough. 
And only you really get to determine what that means for you. And that, for me, is the clue. That word enough is phenomenally powerful. Because when we ask that, when we hear that, when we talk about it within ourselves, that concept of enough, we need to have, dare I say, kind of like a reflex response, like when a doctor taps your knee to test your reflexes, your, your bottom, like the, 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 the bottom part of your leg um, uh, twitches in an involuntary reflex response. So like that, we need to have, whenever we hear the word enough, we need to have the word who says, the question who says immediately after it, because we're challenging potentially a story that we've all been telling ourselves that really is manifestly not true or not applicable to you. So, if you are someone like me who finds it very difficult to relax and switch off and you hear the words being said in your own mind or aloud by yourself or someone else that, you know, you haven't done enough you haven't done enough, you need to do more. Reflex, who says? And generally, because this this kind of desire to achieve, um, ha- we've lived that almost our entire lives, that has become a default setting. And a simple pause after asking the question, who says, can actually very quickly identify that we ourselves, me, you, are the the source of that um, that, that, that desire, that that, that, um, being driven to achieve, to succeed. So that... That word enough and having done enough or not done enough is phenomenally powerful. Enough, who says? Enough, who says? Enough, who says? I think you get the point there. There's another step that I want to take on this um, about the, uh, the, the not being able to relax. Because not being able to relax potentially is a symptom of a deeper um, issue that perhaps uncomfortably, requires exploration. Some kind and honest conversations within yourself, some kind and honest conversations with those who are in your corner, potentially me as a mentor, um, but a kind and honest conversation within your workplaces even. Where we talk about, uh, and this is one of the the themes uh, of my work, here at The Lonely Diplomat, is all about competition. It's one of the five themes, competition. And because we've been competing, we might not sort of call it competing, might not have thought of it as competing as in the athletic sense, but we've been competing for what's next to achieve what's next for years and years and years and years and years, and years in school, in work, in life. It feels like that's our default setting. And when it comes to an issue like competition or concept like competition, 
or a concept of enoughness, one thing that we can do is hustle to prove our worth. Now, this is something that I hear all the time from my awesome global audience uh, here at The Lonely Diplomat. And that's all about how we feel driven to prove ourselves worthy. We feel driven to prove ourselves worthy of our position. We feel driven to prove ourselves worthy of the seat at the table. We prove ourselves worthy of our... Um, uh, uh, this life and, and this diplomatic life, this job and everything that comes with it, we feel like we have to prove ourselves worthy enough. Who says? And when we do get that uh, as our default setting, where we're constantly striving for what's next, the next posting, the next promotion, the next opportunity to showcase our awesomeness amongst a sea an ocean of other awesome people, we can really struggle to switch off. We can really struggle. And it's no wonder. It's no wonder that we can struggle to switch off. We could struggle to relax. Because if we're relaxing now, someone else somewhere, you know, our competition, they might be friends of ours, but they're also our competition, uh, may not be relaxing. They might be putting in the extra hours at work. They might be doing the thing that will get them their next opportunity for a promotion posting or an opportunity to showcase their awesomeness. And if you're not doing that, you don't. And so, once more with feeling, you put down the book, you put down the remote, you press stop on the remote from the movie that you're watching, you you know, open the, the laptop or check the phone or scroll the news sites to be the first to know what the breaking news is. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you you don't switch off, you then you keep going because of the the need to achieve and perhaps that default setting. And I know that um, this is common because this is me. This is me. And whenever I've shared this through my work here at The Lonely Diplomat over the last three years, um, I was going to say two years there, but it's been three, uh, here at The Lonely Diplomat, whenever I've shared this, I get me too. I get I thought it was just me. I, I get like you've said, I get feedback that says something like you've said and expressed exactly what I've been feeling, but have not had the words to say. Or you've said what I've long thought and began to resent about this job, but I didn't know how to approach it constructively. I get it. I get what, what, what this is. Because I say this because this is also me. And so one thing uh, that I want to bring in here is another concept, uh, which is another one of my core themes here at The Lonely Diplomat, which is about resilience. And resilience has been hijacked in many of our employing agencies to mean that um, we are just going to be piling work on you and expectations on you day in, day out, impossible deadlines, very little money um, uh, and uh, uh, heightened expectations that you will deliver 
on time, every time, with a smile on your face and a whistle on your lips. And if you don't do that, you are not resilient enough. Who says? You aren't strong enough. You, all this means is you are not worthy of your job. And if you're not worthy of your job, someone in amongst the hundreds of other people who would love to have your job will give it to them. So resilience has been hijacked to as a, as a compliance tool, as a behavioral compliance tool. Uh, in many of our employing agencies. And I see this because you share this with me. And one, one thing that I need to say right now, when we're talking about competition and the relentlessness of the competitive environment in which we work, where we are constantly needing to do to achieve the next thing, because that's been our default setting for years, potentially, but especially in the workplace, We need to come back to the real message or the real meaning of resilience and it's psychological resilience. And on this, we need to have, well, I have, whenever I talk about resilience, the image of a tree in my mind and a tree in the wind. And if you look at a tree in the wind, it flexes uh, uh, when the wind blows. And then when the wind dies down, it springs back to form. That's what makes a tree so strong, is that its ability, it has the ability to flex and then spring back to form. And when we do spring back to form, we need to have, we need to pause a moment and, um, uh, and, and think about what happened then in, in terms of our flex and then returning to form. And, and, you know, some time to, to pause and reflect. But when we work in a, uh, in a 24-7 environment of scarcity where resources, people, where money might be, might be scarce, time is scarce, any one of those, when we operate in scarcity all the time, we have no time to return to form. And, and that flex becomes the default setting. And so when we do kind of carve out time to return to form by picking up a remote and looking something on Netflix um, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that that you do to relax, you can, you know, it's such a an odd state for us to be in that we can go, well, actually, my default state is flexing. I need to be flexing. It's like, no, 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 no. No, your default state is the return to form and the flex is the exception. Except now, the, the, the exception is the return to form. And for me, for me, this was a powerful awareness. When I went through my coaching program, uh, back in 2016, 2017. And I now do this uh, in the men's group uh, that I lead um, in partnership with my friend, coach and mentor, uh, Mike Campbell. Uh, and this was a really insightful moment during that course. And I want to share this with you right now. You don't 
have to earn your relaxation time. I don't have to earn my relaxation time. I'm worthy of my relaxation time right now. You're worthy of your relaxation time right now. And if your relaxation time has involved pressing play on the Lonely Diplomat podcast, thank you. I appreciate that. But you're worthy right now. You haven't not done enough. Sorry, that's many, many negatives in there. You've done enough. You've done enough to earn your relaxation time right now. And so your relaxation time might be doing a hobby, might be watching a movie, might be going for a walk outside, going for a hike or going and exploring where you are in the world if you can. It might be doing some, uh, like going shopping. It might be doing, doing whatever it is, whatever fills your soul up. It might be on that, might be meditation. It might be practicing mindfulness as little moments of relaxation in your day. Little moments of coming back to form and taking an extra few seconds to take a deep breath and look out the window. Look out the window at a tree or you know a bird in the tree or something that just makes you wonder in awe at the amazingness of what is around you. It gets you out of your head and, and that constant narrative potentially that's in your head of doing, 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 doing to being. This is something that I, I'm constantly working on within myself, let me assure you. So if you've nailed this, if you've mastered it, I would love to hear from you. I would really love to hear from you. But... Because I'm I'm one of those people who you know when, who sits down for a movie I you know or and and I've tried meditating I I I continually f- try and fail better at meditating uh, because I sit and set the timer on my watch for five minutes I'm like right I'm gonna you know concentrate on the breath in breath out and then my mind just goes into list mode. You know, oh, that's a good idea for a blog. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I need to buy this, that, and the other thing from the supermarket for dinner. Oh, where's the kids' homework up to? What, are they, what have they got on? Uh, and things. And then after five minutes, supposedly me time, I uh, my my the alarm on my watch vibrates, and you know it's time to go and do. Um, I, I struggle with with that. So what I've been learning is the power of mindfulness. And I find my, the camera in my phone a very powerful mindfulness tool. And, and for, for years, I've been talking about the benefits of going outside for at least 15 minutes a day and being where you are in the world and taking a photo. And I do this. I still do this now that I'm back in Canberra. I still do this. Um, and to me, it's not as exciting um, as, uh, you know, in, in other places in the world, because when you're at home, it's never as exciting as when you're out in the world. But I do this. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see occasionally, you know, a postcard from Canberra. And it's a photo that I've taken of something that's, that's you know, spoken to me or made me stop and, and get my phone out and take a photo. 
And I share that with you as a way of sharing my mindfulness with you and my mindfulness moment. So not only sort of taking the photos, but curating them, getting them printed, uh, all that kind of stuff. I, I realize that that's doing, but it's not doing work. It's something that fills my cup. And the other thing that I've been exploring uh, is the concept of play. And play not for a goal or an outcome or to beat someone because that's competition, but play for the sake of playing. And I have loved during uh, the recent lockdown here in Canberra, every lunchtime when we can, weather permitting, uh, Jeff, the boys, my, uh, like our kids, uh, and me would head on down to a local park and throw a frisbee. Uh, over our lunch times, uh, and it was just lovely. It was lovely, um, you know, and and just sort of being out there, the four of us throwing throwing the frisbee around was was fantastic. Everyone got some fresh air. Everyone got to stretch their legs, uh, and be where we are and be together. The other thing that I've been doing in terms of playing, um, one of the, the tips again through this coaching course that uh, that I I did was. Um, Think back to how you played when you were when you were young, uh, and for me that was Lego. That was Lego. I had an entire room uh, uh, in uh, the house where I grew up, which was pretty much devo uh, devoted to uh, to to my Lego setup. And you know, by by Lego setup, this 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 was not you know like this little sort of thing. This was like a whole Lego town with the roads and everything. It was like this. You know, those of you who know me in real life will not be surprised at all to learn that, you know, I had a pretty evolved civil society in my town. There was, you know, oh, there was, oh, like even there was even a multilateral institution in my town. Um, uh, well, sorry, city um, that uh, that, you know, I think the writing was on the wall for what I did later in life, uh, you know, from from when I was a child. So, um, and one thing that I've discovered just uh, like over the last year is this fantastic game on, um, uh, uh, on, on the, um, well, it's, it's from Steam on the Steam Workshop or something like that, but it's called Cities Skyline. And instead of, um, you know, plastic bricks uh, and making a, um, a town, and, and all of my Lego has gone to, to um, our kids um, now, and so I get to play with it every so often still, but um, uh, I play Cities Skylines, uh, and I get to build um, my own cities. Uh, and you know my awesome little microcosms of civil societies uh, with the, uh, the 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 denizen. So if you know SimCity, this is very similar to SimCity, but just like awesomer than SimCity from uh, from the 90s and the noughties. Anyway, um, I'm loving it, and I find that it's very restorative for me because. You know, with a full-time job, with the lonely diplomat, with uh, the loneliness guy, and um, and and coaching, there's like four jobs uh, in all of that, and I need to actually stop and unwind if I'm continue to do what I need to do, and if I don't do that, then my body does it for me, and sort of I I become unwell and and get a migraine or or whatever, but. 
sooner or later, I do need to stop. And so I choose to, um, to, to stop from time to time, indeed schedule in some time to stop, um, and I find that works for me. You too, and here's the crux, you too are also worthy of time to stop, time to recharge. And I promise you that you will be, once you're recharged, a more balanced human, you'll be a better diplomat, and you'll be happier within yourself because you've connected to part of yourself because you've relaxed. Now, here's the thing, and I forget which episode it was. It's probably episode 42, maybe? No, not 42. 38 um, on work-life balance. Um, scroll back uh, through the catalogue, uh, and but it, it, it talks about how no one else is going to give you your work-life balance. You have to take it. You have to take it. You can be polite and say, I'm doing this, but waiting for permission uh, in our employing agencies is never going to come. Uh, so you have to actually take it, forge it for yourself, create it for yourself, and then do it. So if the content of this episode has resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. There's going to be a link in the episode description. Or reach out to me on socials on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, or indeed here uh, on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Anyway, it's been an honor to say uh, to, to speak with you today. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Uh, and it does sound like you're getting ready to leave. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.